It is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. You got to tell you, um, you're, you're a big sports fan, right? You're a big sports fan as a kid. Okay. So there are certain things, certain dates that will live in your brain forever. And for me, this is the 36th anniversary of John Elway's drive against my Cleveland Browns, which prevented us from appearing in our first ever Super Bowl. We have never been to a Super Bowl since. I was at that game. I was just shy of my 16th birthday. This is a tough day for me, okay? Was that that catch? The catch? No, or that's no, no. The catch was by Dwight Clark for San Francisco. The drive, 98-yard drive. AFC championship. I'll send you the game. You can watch. I'm so sorry. I feel bad ruining your moment like that. I don't have any recollection of that drive. No, you're 30. You're how old are you? 30. What year were you born? 86. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're a couple months old, so I'll give you a pass on that. I'm just telling you, it's a very difficult sports day for your buddy here. So just have a little uh, empathy for me. Okay. I always do. I know you do. Um, I don't know if I feel badly for Carlos Correa, but finally this free agency is over. Several weeks ago, we thought he was going to be in San Francisco the next 13 years. Then we thought he's going to be spending the next dozen years in New York. That doesn't happen. And then Tuesday, late word, six years, 200 mil guaranteed to go back to Minnesota with vesting options that could end up being 270 over the next decade. Let's just start with the baseball standpoint here. Are the Twins now true contenders that he's back? It does feel like they're a viable playoff contender. Then you could say, hey, Coach Trev, this is basically the same team returning this year, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. But I think, you know, there were some injuries last year. Uh, They did fire their head athletic trainer, so that whole uh, group is going to be different. I have some inside stuff on that. Maybe we'll talk about it on the ant portion. Um, Hmm. But – Fangraphs had him pegged at an 81 and 81 team before the Carlos Correa news. Clearly, he's going to bring some wins there. So, right about that threshold is that sixth seed, the seventh or the sixth or the fifth seed. So, I do think they're a playoff contender. I do think they have what it takes to win the AL Central. It's not exactly the, the toughest division. This isn't the NL East we're talking about. So, I think this, I don't think the Twins are done. I don't think they'd go make this splash with Correa and then just sit idly the rest of the offseason. So, I think there are moves to come. I do think this is. A playoff contending team, 100%. I would agree with you. Now, they do have some new faces in that lineup. We don't know what Joey Gallo's bringing to the table, right? It's been since his Texas days that he's been a guy that you can pencil in there and feel good about him every day. They did add Christian Vasquez. Yes. That's one of, you know, in a time where we've had a real downturn for offensive output from behind the plate, he's a guy that's got some pop, good player. Solid defender. I think that he can he can really help them out a little bit. Yeah, there's one other thing you have to keep in mind. If you just look at the standings, you'll say, well, what are you guys talking about? The Twins finished 14 games back at Cleveland. Spin the odometer back to September 1st, right? When we're hitting crunch time, it was one game difference. Cleveland yes. had a one game lead. And then the Guardians really stepped on the accelerator, played exceptionally well in the month of September. And the Twins had injury after injury and, quite frankly, did not play well. Now, for me, the biggest problem is is that their rotation, although talented, has a lot of injury question marks and a lot of injury history, particularly at the top of it, right? Uh, Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan haven't been the model of health 
And so if you're really pinpointing on those guys, I think they have to continue to add. I think it's got to start like right now, keep making moves, and that includes trades, and keep doing it throughout the season. Now there's a, a team that's rumored to be looking to trade some people in the Miami Marlins, and they have a surplus starting pitching yep. in that organization. Seems like these two teams could be a match for a trade. I don't know could what be. the Marlins, who the Marlins covet in the Twins organization, but they do have some guys at the top levels of their minor leagues that are coming up, some big prospects. They have some major league ready talent in like a Max Kepler. Um, there's kind of a lot of guys there, corner outfield guys with Minnesota. So I think they do match up as trade partners. If that does happen yep. and they do bring a starter in, then I think we're talking about a completely different team. Yep, I'm with you. But let's move on to really the other side of this, which is, which I think is more interesting. And it's it's outside of the baseball playing realm, if you will. If you will. What is the biggest story to come out of this crazy journey? That Correa is back in the Twin Cities after he opted out that the Mets passed on a piece that would have taken them a step closer to a world championship, or that the Giants were seemingly right out of the gate to pass after initially agreeing to a 13-year contract? I think the biggest story would be the Mets kind of missing out on him. Uh, I feel good for the Giants that they kind of have some vindication on, you know, passing uh, on career. Not They didn't pass on him. They just kind of said, hold up, let's pause. Let's talk about this a little bit. And he went to the Mets really quickly. And for the Twins, I'm happy because this this represents kind of a new era, I guess. Like handing out this type of money does not happen a lot in Minnesota. But when when Steve Cohen, your owner, comes out and says this is the missing piece to the puzzle, you have him in your grasp, and then you lose him. That's that's really tough. I think that is a big story because I, I asked this on on talking baseball, and I want to hear your take on it. Do you think the Mets had a chance to match what the Twins gave? Because the Twins, this deal that the Twins gave is an excellent deal for the Twins. They are getting excellent. six prime years of Carlos Correa, and then that's that's kind of when the doctors are, are balking at this physical. Around that six year, they're saying maybe we'll have some right. trouble there. And then they just have team options, team options, team options. Yes, there are some vesting plate appearance clauses, but they're in control. And do you think the Mets – could have gotten him for this deal? I was surprised more teams didn't get in. I'm surprised that it was only those two, unless there were, maybe we'll find out at the press conference if there were other teams, and then you have to figure out whether or not you want to believe Scott Boris. But I was surprised that the Giants didn't come back around. Like, to me, I think we can applaud the Giants for pulling back, and I was critical of them when that happened. Um, but I'm also, I will remain critical from this standpoint that they still need that centerpiece. They need as as many nice pieces as they've added. They still need that one guy to show maybe Shohei next year that we mean business. So I'm curious to find out if Farhan called Scott Boris and was like, hey, you're interested in a six-year deal? We could give you six years for 215. That'll make us feel good. But circling back to your question, all the reports are that the Mets were going to guarantee 157 and a half over six, and that's where they were willing to yeah. stop. I don't know why that was the number. Interesting. You know, I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine that Steve Cohen was like, yeah, guys, we got to stop below 160 and six. I'm not comfortable doing that. Now, to me, the most interesting part of this is what does it mean for the, the Mets next move? They probably can't pull off anything enormous right now, but things are going to shake loose the first three months of the year. So what do they need to do? Like, they, think, they, their team was already very good. And, and this Carlos Correa thing was like, whoa. 
It was a cherry on hey. top. So, I mean, they don't, they're not like pressing to do something. Not right now, but dudes get hurt. Guys underperform. I mean, that clock is ticking on Steve Cohn's self-imposed five-year world championship slogan. It's true. I mean, that's you put yourself in a corner there, Steve. Did you? My gosh. Because we're not going to let you live yeah. that down. We heard you say it. I just can't. If you had told me at the beginning of this offseason that Carlos Correa would have signed for the third most money out of those free agent shortstops, I would have been like, what are you talking about? There's no way. Well, we Man, didn't. I mean, oh, we weren't supposed to know about all this stuff, Chris, his bamboo ankle yeah. and all this stuff that's going on. It wasn't supposed to come to light, but that's this is free agency in 2023. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Look, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is obviously DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly, and... We're adding something. It's called the no sweat bet. Each day of the wild card round this weekend, you place any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. So there's no sweat. And all you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code baseball today. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code baseball today. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. While the uh, Minnesota Twins are adding somebody back in the fold, the Boston Red Sox are sitting here today on a day that they reintroduced Raviel Devers as their uh, first $300 million man. And now they're asking questions about what do we do at shortstop? Uh, it was announced on Tuesday, Trevor Story had surgery on his throwing elbow. It's not as bad as Tommy John. It's like the next step down. But Heim Bloom could not guarantee that he would be around for the 2023 season. If you are the Sox, what do you do next? You got to do something because I think right now you have Kike penciled in as your shortstop, and I don't think he's he's not an everyday shortstop. And I think Kime's going to do something like the Twins. Uh, the Marlins are a perfect trade candidate for a, a lot of different teams because they have what everyone covets, and that's starting pitching. The Red Sox could use that. They could also use a shortstop. So Miggy Rojas now is coming into play in some talks. Um, so that's interesting. There, there are some other guys out there. I'm looking right now, Elvis Andrews, Josh Harrison, Angleton Simmons, definitely like kind of like a stop gap, a one year type thing for them. Uh, but I, I think they have to go explore the trade market. And then if that doesn't work, we go to those guys that uh, I'm talking about. Maybe they sign one of those guys and trade just to have some depth and some insurance there. Yeah. Elvis Andrews is the most interesting piece that is, a, via, uh, a viable free agent where you wouldn't have to make a trade. Um, as it is, they're not real strong up the middle period. Like no. Christian Arroyo, nice player, but we're not, I don't think he's an everyday second baseman. Um, you know, if you move Kike out of center, then you got a hole in center. And what they are, they're kind of screwed right now. The, there was one interesting trade proposal I read recently. Um, Sean McAdam, who, uh, covers the Red Sox Boston Sports Journal said a few weeks ago trade Tanner Houck to San Diego for Hassan Kim. Kim at this point is a very very nice luxury. He's a guy that I think will come into play in San Diego as a utility move them all around get guys off their feet sort of deal. Um but man I think if you're San Diego and you could get an arm like Tanner Houck and 
I know Red Sox fans are like, no, no, no. You know, we don't have enough depth on our pitching staff to deal a guy like that. Well, now you're kind of screwed. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet because Trevor's story ain't coming back anytime soon. And it's interesting because all these moves they made in the offseason made it feel like, well, these are the guys that can push us across the finish line, right? You bring in Kenley, you bring in Justin Turner, you bring in Chris Martin, all guys over their mid-30s. Those aren't building blocks for the future. Those are let's win now. They got a lot of work to do. I, I don't I don't know if I see them giving up pitching to get an infielder. I think they have to bring in pitching to this team and an infielder. You know, I don't know what that means for them. If it's going to be a Tristan Casas or something like that. I know he's been mentioned a lot, but it'd be hard for them to give up on some pitching when I think that they still need some depth there. I get it. But I mean, unless you're willing to dig into your farm system, you know, to go get a pitcher in Miggy Rowe from Miami. It seems pretty likely, doesn't it? And then do you put Justin Turner at second base? I know they said he might DH a little no. bit. No, you don't think so? Dude, he's 38. He doesn't, you know, Justin. Can, I, know I think he, he can still pick second. it, dude. I know he can. I'm not saying not. I'm just saying every day. So what you want to, you think you can get to every day. him and Arroyo? I think so. I think we're going to, because of Elvis Andrus. We've mentioned it, that you know, um, with the Dodgers, he was on that side of the base a lot with the shift. So he mm-hmm. understands how to play there. He's a he's a he's a grinder, a ball player. I know he's a little bit up there in age, but I don't know, dude. He's he's got that Evan Longoria factor to him, where he just kind of like he's a solid ball player who takes care of his body, and I think I think he could do it. I'm just saying this. Do you and I like I really I've always loved Elvis Andrews. I think he's a great dude. He's fun. Last year when he was picked up by the White Sox, when Tim Anderson got hurt, he played really, really solid baseball. But now do you just want to – you want to have mid-30s all over your field too? I mean, is this is this what we're looking for in a game that's trying to get younger and more athletic? I don't know, man. Let's okay. call Heim. Let's figure it out. What's your next move, bro? Our next move is uh, a pair of veterans have found new homes. Lifelong giant Brandon Belt, one year, $9.3 million to go north of the border with the Blue Jays. Johnny Cueto, one for eight and a half with Miami. Which one piqued your interest more? Uh, I mean, the Belt to the Blue Jays makes sense. You know, they're trying to get more left-handed, so he goes over there and they can do that. Uh, but when I heard Cueto, another starting pitcher, go to the Marlins, I was like, this is interesting. Because it makes a trade even more inevitable. And and you yep. love trades, and you've kind of put me love on them. to trades because they do benefit both sides. Um, so that one piqued my interest a little more. Cueto, good for him, coming off a, a great year with the White Sox. Um, he gets the one-year guaranteed plus the buyout or a team option. And I think, like I said, this just makes a trade inevitable for them, and I'm wondering who it is because they have a surplus of pitchers. Is it going to be a Pablo uh, I think Sandy's yeah. probably the only untouchable there. Although, dude, who knows what they're going to do? And I and I said this again on, on Talking Baseball. Kim Ang, I can't wait to see what you do. I talked to John Jay a little bit, new Marlins first base coach, and he's he's like, he's in. He said this team can surprise people, and I know it's the offseason and everyone's optimistic, but if you look at the lineup and you look at the pitching, a few moves here and there that that hit, we could be talking contending for the, you know, the last playoff spot. 
I could see it. I said okay. last year I, I, I saw that maybe. Didn't happen. We get some offense there, Chris. Things can happen. So I watched probably um, out of everybody in the company more Miami Marlins baseball than anybody perhaps combined because of Miggy Rowe, right? So I'm always stopping on Marlins games. Thank God my Guardians had a great year because if I just had to deal with an average Guardians team and a horseshit Marlins team like last year, I couldn't have done it. They were horribly independable <laughs> when it comes to the batter's box. And I know I just made up a phrase. That's how bad it was. A word, yeah. Horribly independable. Um, we're going to go with that the rest of the way. I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. Their bullpen sucked. And I couldn't watch them hit. So that whatever it is, if they're giving up Pablo, and if it is Miggy Rowe, go get some knocks. Please, I cannot watch another Marlins team lose three to one. <laughs> and I used to see that like four times a week. Like enough of the, hey, we're going to surprise some people. Well, surprise me and start hitting the goddamn baseball. Jesus. Who are they going to bring in? I mean, look, I, I'm... This is the most optimistic I'll ever be. That's just how I am. At ball players, you have to be this way heading into spring training. So I'm just like happy for all these teams. They're making moves. I'm asking Kim to do something cool that makes them a contender. So we'll see if she can do it. Yeah, I want to see something. Kind of sucks that they're um they're in the NL East. That I have a feeling. Stinks. I have a feeling we're gonna get like it does. I I told John Jay that's that's pretty tough division, bro. Like we'll see. Um. What's cool is I think we're going to get like a random team trade to the Marlins. I, you know, it's rumored the Red Sox are there. I just mentioned the Twins could could use some starting pitching, but everyone could use starting pitching. Mm -hmm. So like they're going to go out and they're going to. I think they'll be able to, they'll be able to have like their choice of who they want to bring in, and that's kind of rare um, in the trade market. When you have starting pitching, you can go to any team basically and say, "Hey, what you got for us?" And I I don't ever wish this upon anybody somebody's going down in spring training that's not expected to somebody's going down it happens every year and then they're looking around the league for who's got a surplus and it is in miami now that johnny cueto plus kudos to johnny cueto i thought he was done he threw almost 160 innings last year and he was awesome so i i love it that he's still pitching he's a dude when he's pitching i stop and watch i'm just i'm enamored with his sort of stuff so that's me fun. too me too we started the show with Carlos Correa. We will end it with Carlos Correa and his family. Great little TikTok. His wife is sitting there trying to cut their baby's toenails. And if you have never had children, it's probably one of the three most challenging things you'll ever do in your life. These little kids want nothing. with. They're not going to hold their feet for you. Their toenails are this big, but you got to cut and them. Sharp. They're real. Oh, and sharp. Yeah, it's like those Ginsu <laughs> knives. You're like, God damn. Holy smokes, what the hell was that? But here is a video of Carlos trying to distract his child while wife is cutting the toenails. Okay, so for people that are joining uh, us audio only, you can hear the little kid laughing, which is awesome. But Carlos is like going up to him, like grabbing him by his chin, then running across the room and throwing himself into the wall. And that's what's leading to the uh, the laughter. So um, 
based on this resume tape that we just saw, would you hire him to babysit Teddy and Isla? No. Um, I'm more of like uh, the girls Girls need to babysit my kids. So Carlos is automatically out there. Although I do really? like him. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we have two great babysitters. Shout out Luca and Izzy. They're awesome. Uh, but I will say this. Carlos, you're on the right track because what you want as a parent when you have young kids uh, with your babysitters, you want them to interact with the kids. You don't want to just like have them put them on the iPad or screen time yeah. watching a movie and just sitting there on your phone. You need them to play. And so Carlos is showing that he's got that skill. So maybe if you brought your wife, we'd let you watch the kids. How about that? Yeah. I'm looking at this strictly as a business transaction. I figure if you just <laughs> sign for 200 mil guaranteed that I'm really probably not going to have to pay 18 to 20 an hour uh, for Carlos, then maybe he's willing to probably take a little bit less. Um, my guess is when he would take the kids out to eat, maybe he'll flip the bill occasionally. Uh, so, you know, you wouldn't have to leave money in case they want to go to a movie or something. I'm Like I said, really is strictly business but i also like the softer side so i enjoyed that i do too he's making himself lovable what's what's up with that bro you're yes. supposed to be the heel of the league now you're gonna no. go to minnesota and everyone's gonna love you maybe that was the play all along and i you know mm -hmm. what the thing also about carlos is he's got so much money he's probably got so much jewelry i don't want my kids seeing him and be like dad why don't you have all that jewelry you mm. know then i have to tell them i wasn't as good a ball player as carlos does that hurt your ego a little bit no I'm very happy in my life. I could admit when people are yeah. better than me. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You're better than I me. I tell at, my kids all the, all the time. I'm not Bob Costas. I get it. Like, yeah. Hey kids. If you're so, Chris Rose, dude. You're so house. famous. Stop it. Stop it. No, I can't no, let dude. you self-defecate like that. Deprecate. I said defecate. Did you say self-defecate? Did you say self-defecate? I mean, I know oh. I'm older, but I'm not like pooping myself yet. <laughs> Words are hard. My friend Kyle says that all the time. All right. Um, once again, uh, the latest episode of the Rose Rotation with umpire, recently retired umpire Teddy Barrett is out. Big Trevor Plouffe fan. We talk about that. Um, go give that a listen. We're, we're going to be off now for the next five days until we, or almost six, I guess, until we do this next Tuesday, right? Tuesday, yep. Yep. Hopefully okay. we get some news. Hey. Happy early 10th anniversary to you and the beautiful Olivia. Thank you. Thank you. Tomorrow, January 12th. The big day. Where'd you guys get married? Pepperdine University. It's awesome. Oh, beautiful. Man. For people Best that are familiar, life. that's Malibu. Right on the water. Loved it. How many, how many teammates were there? I don't remember. I really don't. We had a pretty big wedding. I think it's like 200 some people there. A lot of her family. There were definitely some teammates there. I don't really remember. Did you have any teammates stand up? Uh, Anthony Swarzak was in my wedding party. Anthony uh, Swarzak? I would never have guessed that. Yeah, Ryan Braun. I think Delman was there too, I'm pretty sure. Delman Young. Very good. Yeah, man. Okay. Nice. I had one famous person stand up at my wedding. Kevin Frazier, the host of Entertainment Tonight. So I was Kevin's uh, sports producer in Cincinnati. He, of course, went on to an outstanding sports career out at Fox and then at ESPN. Um, but now these days he is the host of a uh, co-host of Entertainment Tonight. And so you can see him on the red car. He was on the red carpet last night at the Golden Globes wearing a fancy red velvet tuxedo. 
He's a good, good dude. One of a kind. So there you go. You're the best. Uh, we are back at it again on Tuesday. Shout out to producer Dan. That is Trevor Plouffe, who will be married 10 years come tomorrow. Make sure you give him a social media shout Happy out. Olivia. On that one. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you next time here on Baseball Today.